This is NBA Sound System Live, featured on NBA.com sites around the world and archived on the NBA Sound System podcast feed, where you get your podcasts by searching NBA Sound System. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, each with the handle at NBA Sound System, or visit us at NBASoundSystem.com for more. Now, NBA Sound System Live. It is indeed NBA Sound System Live, still Carlin Gay, still Scott Rafferty, still at 1 p.m. Eastern Time across the NBA Global Networks, but brand new site, brand new home for the podcast over on NBA.com in Canada, in Australia, and in India uh, by way of the Sporting News, a brand new and improved Sporting News site that looks better than ever. Uh, 130 years plus into the game, Scott. The Sporting News is, is just getting better with, you know, like like fine wine. Just looks better, feels better, moves better. But that's where the NBA.com global team will now live on Sporting News. Scott, how are you feeling today? Colin, I'm doing better than the Rockets today who learned the hard way to not get into uh, Steph Curry's mind or try to. Uh, but no, I, I'm I'm doing well. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm not bad. A, a little trash talk uh, when Steph Curry's way that fell on uh, deaf ears and he he dominated that fourth quarter. It almost felt like I was watching a, a bit of that game, Scott, and it almost felt like you know the Warriors were kind of sleepwalking, waiting for something to happen in that game, and then it finally did, and Steph exploded and got out of that shooting slump. So, uh, message to the rest of the NBA: Leave a sleeping giant alone. Don't wake him up. He he had been shooting terribly from the field for almost a month and a half, and now look, he, he's back in business. Well, he might be back in business. Well, TBD. But yes, don't 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 make Steph Curry angry unless you have to. Um, and it didn't feel like they had to. So, yeah, lesson learned for the Rockets, I think. Maybe it's maybe to their to their credit. Maybe the the Rockets are playing uh, chess while everyone else is playing checkers because they are hey, maybe. Uh, dead last in the Western Conference, and maybe they were looking for uh, another way to add an L to the uh, to the loss column. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, that's that's more Rockets uh, talk than I think we need to spend on on this program. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Joel Embiid and his fantastic play as of late, uh, and Nikola Jokic as well a little bit later on in the program. We'll also touch on the Phoenix Suns who have been. Just winning and winning and winning. That's 10 straight wins. They at the top of the Western Conference as we speak. Uh, but first, we got to talk All Star because All Star starters were announced on Thursday, Scott. We didn't get a chance to react to them in real time. We're going to oh, react we go. to them now. Uh, I'll let you go first. Uh, the, the starters, what, what your initial thoughts on the All Star starters uh, that were announced last Thursday? Um, I mean, I guess you know mine. So we'll start with you. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Do, do you do you really want to clear the lane and let me go ISO right now, or should I just throw it back well, to you and let you talk about Andrew Wiggins for for half an hour? Let me put them out there first. Uh, so Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid in the front court for the East. Trey Young and Demar Derozan uh, in the back court for the Eastern Conference. And over in the West, we had LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Andrew Wiggins in the front court for the West, and Steph Curry, John Morant. Uh, in the backcourt, of course, um, you know, th- these guys, th- the teams aren't set yet. There's going to be a draft. Uh, the leading vote getters uh, for each conference, which were LeBron James and Kevin Durant, will uh, captain both teams and will draft their roster uh, for the game that's going to be played on February 20th. Um, so everyone, I don't think anyone had a beef with any of the nine players that were announced. The real question was, was Andrew Wiggins deserving to be an all-star starter? So we'll start there and end there, really. Um, 
your thoughts on on Andrew Wiggins, the first time All Star, and also starting in the game. I think Andrew Wiggins has had a great season. He has played a very important role for the Warriors. He's having the best season of his career. Um, a great two way player. He's having he's shooting career highs from the three point line. Um, he's taken on kind of that that tough defensive assignment that used to be Clay Thompson's for them on that end of the court on the perimeter. Um, so, so he's been very, very good this year for a Warriors team that has the second best record in the West. I don't, I, I don't think he deserves to be a starter. Um, I think there was a conversation for, for him to be a reserve. I don't know if I would have had him in that. Um, but I also don't want to take it away from him because this is, you know, this is a huge deal um, and an incredible accomplishment for a guy who, a former number one pick, put up big numbers at the start of his career, seemed to stagnate a little bit, um, feels like he kind of struggled to find himself, uh, had a couple promising seasons, and then now he's kind of blossoming. And it's pretty poetic that the the All-Star game is put, being played in Cleveland, which is, you know, the franchise that drafted and then traded him. Um, so to answer your question, no, I, I don't think he should have been a starter. No disrespect. I think he deserved some consideration as an All-Star reserve. Um, but hey, these, this, is why, this is why the fans get involved. This is why they had 50%. That plays a huge role in it. Um, I, I'm assuming you're going to disagree with with pretty much everything I just said because Andrew Wiggins is your guy. I, I don't really disagree with it. I, I think I think the, I can hear both sides. Um, you know, I I do see you know the, the reason why he is starting. You know, he's on. He was on at the time of the vote. He was on the, the you know the, one of the best teams in the NBA, uh, a contributor to that. And, and if you are falling under the category of you know they, the whoever's in the top of the conference deserves two All Stars, then I can see the argument being made for Andrew Wiggins starting in the game, regardless of whether he starts or came off as a reserve. I do think there's no debate about being him being an all-star this season i think he has definitely earned that without question and i think he should be playing in this game you can debate whether he should be starting or not that that to me is where the real debate is but when it comes to him just being an all-star i think he's deserved it without question uh and and and, you know contributing to winning uh is a huge plus when you look at the, the way that votes broke down though scott um he finished fifth in player vote uh so it's not like it was outrageous that he's starting the all-star game like he finished fifth in the in the front court player vote he finished uh sixth for the media and third for the fan vote so yeah. it's not outrageous here that you know he he didn't you know he, that he's a starter on this team like there's a when you look at who the players voted ahead of wiggins um the, the two that would have leapfrogged him is draymond green and rudy gobert those are the only two players that they voted ahead of uh, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, and media, same similar situation, Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert, uh, and there was one other player. It is Carl uh, Anthony Towns was the only one that would have leapfrogged Wiggins um, in the media's mind. So it, it's not that far off. Like You're talking about a handful of players, two players maximum uh, for the players, one extra player in Carl Towns for the media. So it's not crazy to think that you know just based off of this, that he, 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 it's not like a Zaza situation, right? It's not like a no, it's not right. It, it, it's far from that. So I, I I get it. People want something to be upset about, but I don't think that there's this is that outrageous that he was a you know a, first of all he should be an all star. Secondly, if you want to debate whether he's a starter or reserve, whatever. But it, it's not that outrageous. Those other two guys uh, that I mentioned, Draymond and and Rudy Gobert and likely Towns, they're all going to be named All-Stars as well. Like they're all going to play in this game. So it's not like he took a spot away from someone that was highly deserving. If you if if you're thinking about a snub situation, like who's that snub that is going to be faulted with Wiggins playing in this game? I don't I don't see it. 
Well, I, I think he benefits from Anthony Davis and Paul George both having injuries and missing time. Sure. because So does everyone else, though. Yeah, no, but I, personally, I had Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert, and Carl Anthony Towns ahead of Andrew Wiggins. Um, okay. and, I, and I think, to your point, it is pretty telling that when Andrew Wiggins was voted as a starter, I think it made it very easy to come up, not to spoil our picks here, but it made it very easy to come up with who deserves to be um, all-star reserves in the front court spot in the Western Conference. So I, I, I'm i not as high on Andrew Wiggins as you are this season. That's not to dis- discredit the, the role that he's played on the Golden State Warriors. He's been a highly effective player. He's a very good player now. There is no denying that. Um, but yeah, I, I had Draymond Green. I, had, I mean, Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green are arguably what, one and two or two of the top three candidates for Defensive Player of the Year. They sure. do not have, they're not shooting lights out from three, they're not averaging 20 points a game or anything. Um, but Draymond Green's passing is so important to what the Golden State Warriors do offensively. Um, he's an incredibly smart player. And Rudy Gobert, um, his his screening, his rolling, his offensive rebounding is, is kind of the centerpiece of that offense as well. And Carl Anthony Towns might, you know, he's, he's one of the best offensive um, scoring big men we've seen in a really long time. Um, just incredibly talented. And the Timberwolves have kind of surpassed expectations, I think it's fair to say. So um, I, I would have had those three ahead of Paul, uh, ahead of Andrew Wiggins. But again, credit to him. Um, he was in the conversation. I, I don't think he deserves to be a starter. Um, but this is this is how the thing goes. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we can go on about that for the next 20 minutes. So we'll, we'll just go straight to the reserves. You mentioned, you mentioned those three names, uh, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, and, and Kat. Are those three expected to be reserves in your opinion? If you had to choose the all-star Western Conference reserves right now, which get announced on Thursday, Scott, who, who would they be? Yeah, it would be Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, and Draymond Green for me. I, I think... Look, Anthony Davis has been a hasn't had the season that many expected to. I think he's still in the conversation. I think Paul George is in the conversation. He was fantastic before he he went out with an injury. Sure. Um, I, and I, I also think as a you know we'll see what happens because I, I think Luka Doncic um, is deserves to be an All Star reserve this season. He I believe on the ballot is listed as a guard. I don't know if he's like forward eligible, and suddenly that opens up things up for for a different player. Um, but yes, I, I had Rudy Gobert, Carlton Towns, and Draymond Green as the the three forwards when I was kind of going through this exercise. Okay, so those are your your three forwards locked. Do you have Luca in as well? Would yeah, I have him as a fourth. I have him as a wild card. Okay, and then so that gives us two more spots. Uh, three more spots. Um, three more spots, rather. Who yep. do you have as filling out those three spots? I guess we should have said this at the top. Um, as far as I understand it anyway, it's it's two guards, three front court players, and then two wild card spots. So we, we filled out the front court here. I just said Luka Doncic is one of the wild card spots. And the By two the way, guards, it also, it also yeah, doesn't have to be, right? Like you can have, if, we, if, if, some, if the coaches wanted to select like 10 or not 10, but seven front court players, like they have the right to do that, right? Like I don't think it's a firm rule. I think they just break it down like that so it's easier for the coaches to select. I'm not 100% sure. I'm under the understanding that it is two guards, three front court, two wild card. And I think someone like Luca, um, you could certainly make the argument him being a guard or a forward. I think that the, the sure. NBA would probably be pretty flexible on that. But I don't know about like a Chris Paul having him as a forward, uh, for example. But anyway, right, go, right, going right. based on this, based on what we have. So yeah, three front court spots are done, one wild card. I have Chris Paul and Devin Booker as the two guards. I think the Phoenix Suns, we're going to talk about them in a little bit, have just been incredible this season. Um, They're both absolutely fantastic, playing at an all-NBA level. That was very easy for me. And then the last wild card spot, I went with Donovan Mitchell. Um, I I think for a while there, he was in a running for one of these starting positions. 
Um, there's no, he's a multi-time All-Star already. We know what he's capable of. One of the best scorers in the league. Um, and, and there's a few other people. I consider DeJounte Murray. I, I think he has a good case. Shea Gilgis Alexander plays on the Thunder, and they are, you know, I think it's fair to say actively tanking. But Shea is one of the best um, young players in the NBA, and he's quickly sure. blossoming into like an all-star caliber player. So I considered him there as well. Uh, but I, I, I had a pretty easy time, all things considered, kind of filling out the, the West Reserves. Do you agree with what I have? Or? So, so did I. So did I. Booker, Doncic, Gobert, Green, Draymond Green, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and, and, and Carl Towns. That's that's it. Like I don't, I don't really see an argument. Uh, yes, you, you, you mentioned those other two players, uh, you know, DeJounte Murray and Shea Gildress Alexander. Like, yes, those guys have had incredible seasons. Um, they're putting up great all-star numbers. But let's face it, you have to have – uh, you know, winning component into it, and and the fact that we now have ten postseason teams, and neither of those teams, uh, you know, the Spurs or the Thunder, are even in the tenth spot. I, I I basically eliminated them. Like they 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 can't be in the conversation to be an All Star this season. And, you know, we clap them clap for what they're doing and accomplishing, but you also have to have some component of winning, uh, unless your season is extraordinary from an individual perspective. Like unless you are leading the league in scoring, like a Bradley Beal was a couple of years ago. Uh, even though his team wasn't, you know, we're barely scratching uh, double-digit wins. I, in in that case, I can make an argument for you or try to at least. But in this case, what you're you're having a regular, you're having a good season, all-star numbers, but you need to have that winning component. So I don't think there's really much debate when you look at the reserves here. Um, and and that goes back to my point about originally about Wiggins being named an all-star i don't know that he's taking a spot away from anybody this season if you had yes of course if anthony davis and paul george were playing then we're talking about a debate neither of us got neither of those guys are playing right anthony davis is even when he was playing he's having a subpar year by his standards so he would have had to be competing for a front core spot paul george was having an incredible year and probably would have been starting had he been healthy right like we can we can say that would have been the andrew wiggins spot but then there's a debate about you know if if he's if Wiggins is, is deserving of uh, a of reserve reserve spot over a Towns or uh, you know one of the other names we mentioned, it probably would be Towns to fall off. Uh, I think even though Towns is having an incredible year, and, you know Minnesota's in that seven spot trying to you know fight to to you know potentially get to fifth. Um, but I would I would still pick Wiggins in that scenario because of what he meant to the Golden State Warriors for the majority of the season but anyway that's 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 where i sit on it so i don't really see much of a debate in the western conference um any rebuttal to that at all i mean i already said i'm not as high on wiggins as you are i I think there's a few other players you can make the case for i I said dejounte murray i said shea gilgis alexander i think over wiggins this over wiggins this season yeah, I mean, I think Brandon Ingram is in the conversation. You talking about, like, best teams in the league? Like, do the Grizzlies deserve a second All-Star? Like, Desmond Bain's having a fantastic season. Jaron Jackson Better Jr. than Andrew Wiggins? Jaren he's Jackson not having Jr. a better season. Hey, Jaron Jackson He's incredibly important to what they do on both ends of the court. One of the best defenders. So is Andrew Wiggins at his position. I know, but I'm saying like it's just a not it's not a no-brainer for me that Andrew Wiggins is an all-star. Um, I, I do think there are other people who deserve to be considered in that spot, which is why I, I just I wouldn't have him as a lock. I, I think he deserves consideration as a reserve, um, but I still think there are a few players I would have had ahead of him. When you when you you lost me when you mentioned Brandon Ingram, like I, I'm sorry again. 
You're talking about a, a team that can't even make the playing game. I'm sorry, they they, they can't oh, get an all star. They just they, can't. They, they don't have their best player. Their best player has been sidelined sidelined all season long. That's great, but that, but I I don't make the rules here. I'm just saying winning. You have to contribute to winning. What, what's the what's the Thunder's excuse? Their best player is Shea Gilgis Alexander, and he can't get them beyond 14th in the Western Conference. We can't reward losing. I'm sorry. Same hey, with they the might have they might have two wins if Shea wasn't playing on that team. Yeah, but they have 15. That's not much better. So I, I I am going with I am going with winning and and Wiggins has impacted winning and if you're going to mention I could listen to the Grizzlies debate absolutely I could absolutely listen to the Grizzlies debate where you lose me as anyone that's underneath tenth spot in the Western Conference they don't get to get to, to be part of this conversation they've added two more postseason teams and you can't even get within range of those sorry you're not part of the conversation uh, when it comes around All Star team All Star okay I got I got one more question for you then go for it what about Mikael Bridges. Yeah, I can listen to that argument. I absolutely can listen to that argument. That That is one that I think I, I still would have Wiggins uh, because I think he gives you more offensively than Mikael Bridges does. But when you talk about and, – and, and Mikael Bridges is fantastic defensively, but let's not overlook what Andrew Wiggins has done defensively for this team. Like, yes, Draymond Green is the defensive player of the year, no question about it, or, or him or Rudy Gobert, either one of them. I would pick Draymond right now. But when you look at what Wiggins has had to do to guard, he's he's made life easier for this Warriors team defensively. When they thought that, you know, Klay Thompson was going to be out for an extended period of time, and when they went ahead and got Andrew Wiggins on the squad, I don't think they realized how good defensively and how important he would be to this team. He's been really good defensively, and, you know, that hasn't been spoken about uh, on the level that I don't think, you know, it, it truly deserves. So, he, he, you take him off of this Warriors team, or he didn't have, um, you know, the, uh, the the minutes or the impact, or it's not having the season that he's had this year on this Warriors squad. I don't think that they get to 38 wins at this point in the season. You know, Steph would have been having to carry a much heavier load. Draymond would have had to been carrying a much heavier load defensively. Like it's not, it's not a given that they would be where they are without the impact that Andrew Wiggins has brought to the table. But I can listen to the Mikael Bridges argument because. The Suns are having a, a fantastic season, um, and if you're looking at a team that to, to get three All-Stars, it's probably the Warriors and Suns, and that's where it stops for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as important as Andrew Wiggins has been defensively to the Warriors this season, I think it's still fair to say that Draymond Green is kind of the heartbeat of that team on that end of the court, right? Sure. Um, sure. And in, in Phoenix, I mean, the Suns have the second-best defensive rating in the league, and Mikel Bridges is the heart and soul of their team defensively. His ability to just guard so many different positions, um, disrupt plays. It feels like anytime they need a big stop, he's involved. Um, sure. I, 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 again, I, I, I just I think there's I think there's more players in consideration for that that last spot in the Western Conference than you're giving credit to. Um, to the point where I, I do think it's a debate. Yeah, but you also said they have the second best defensive rating. Who are they behind? Sure, but right. Draymond no, but, Green but that's is a big a, reason for that. I understand, but who are they behind? Right, yeah, like you're, you're talking about the impact. This... You're talking about impact, and and Andrew Wiggins has made an impact on the best defensive team in the league as well. So, like as 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 impactful as Bridges is, they're still behind this, the the team that I'm advocating for to get the three All Stars. Right. So, if you're going to replace one for that reason defensively, why not replace the other? That's all I'm saying. Let's move sure. on. East 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 on. reserves. East reserves. Who do you have? Because this is this is where I think you can really get into different combinations across the board. I've seen some uh, predictions from other sites around, um, you know, the basketball world, and I've seen some names pop up here that I ha- I don't think I have any business being on the Eastern <laughs> reserves. Um, but hey, let, let's hear what you have. All right, this this could get interesting. Um, in in the God spots, I have James Harden and Zach Levine. 
Okay. What do you think about that? I'm not. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at okay. the. Uh, James, I think James Harden is is. I don't want to say he's a lock, but I I feel like he's clo- as close to a lock as I think in the in the Eastern Conference. When you talk about you know, some of it kind of has to do with the fact that he is James Harden, right? And it feels weird leaving James Harden off your ballot. But the numbers, I mean, the numbers aren't like you know blowing you out the water as you know as the years when he was leading the league in scoring and everything else. But I just look at this Nets team and the impact that he makes. He is an All Star. Like there's there's no question about it. And he has to carry a heavy load. And I think about. The, the the games where Kevin Durant missed and obviously Kyrie Irving was not with the team, we saw James Harden come back to life, right? Like he really stepped up in those games. And that to me is, you know, the mark of, of, of what an all-star should be. So I, I would have James Harden in the backcourt. I mean, look, you say that his scoring is down this season, but he's still averaging 23 points, 10.1 assists, which is I think second to only Chris Paul for most in the league, 8.1 rebounds. So he's a triple-double threat on a nightly basis. And he ranks third in the league in triple-doubles. He has nine, tied with Russell Westbrook. Um, he, he's still an offensive machine. He, again, he's not the same scorer that we've kind of come to know over the years. But I think, you know, if you're comparing to the James Harden, who is a perennial MVP candidate, um, that's one thing. But I think just generally, if you look at his resume, he, he's, he deserves to be an all-star this year. The, the flip side of that, and, and again, I agree with you, he does deserve there, does deserve to be there. Um, efficiency is way down. Like he's having, he's having no, one of the worst, you know, years, uh, you know, in terms of his efficiency is, um, you know, going back to his OKC years. Um, so that's, that's where I think you can have some debate. But for me, he is on a team. Yeah, so so him and Zach Levine, I, I think Zach Levine's case is pretty simple too. He's basically he's averaging 25 points a game, um, flirting with 50, 40, 90 shooting. He's putting up similar numbers that he did last season when he was an All Star. And the Bulls have been one of the biggest surprises in the league this season and uh, had a long run where they were number one seed in the East. So I, I think, uh, yeah, I think he's a pretty safe one too. Yeah, they're the best team in the East, right? Or one of the best teams. It's it's either them or Miami on any given day right now. Yep, they're uh, the number one. Oh, they're tied with Miami. So there we go. As of this recording. So so yeah, those were two. Those were pretty easy for me. The front court spots uh, was was tough. I, I think Jimmy Butler was a pretty easy one for me. Um, even though he's sure. missed time, the Heat have tied number one seed in the East. Um, when he's played, he's just been absolutely dominant, despite still not being able to hit, hit a three. Um, he, he, he just gets to the basket <laughs> at will. Um, he's a great passer, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Um, that, that that was pretty easy for me. Jason Tatum, um, I got for another spot. He, he, he's similar in Harden where like, his shooting numbers are just down this season. But he's picked it up a lot lately, and you know he has nights where he goes off for 40, 50 points. He's still one of the best um, wings in the NBA. So I, I had him in there. And then the last spot, which I think you are going to disagree with, um, is Jared Allen. And he, he's having the best season of his career. Um, he is defensively one of the best at his position this season. He's anchoring a Cavaliers team um, that has the third best defensive rating in the league. The Cavs have been an incredible surprise, and he's been a, a big reason for that. I mean, as of this recording, they're only one game out of the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, which nobody, absolutely nobody, saw coming into the season. So I, I think I, I would go with him for that other spot. I did think of like a Chris Middleton um for that other forward spot bam out of bio demonta sabonis but i i just ultimately felt best going with jared allen here yeah i'm uh, you think i'm going to disagree with you on jared allen front i i think that the Cavs deserve an all-star and the debate for me was whether it was garland or allen 
And I actually went Jared Allen here, so I'm I'm agreeing with you okay. uh, on on the Jared Allen front. Uh, so so here's my East reserves in the front court. I have Jared Allen, Jimmy Butler, uh, Chris Middleton, and Jason Tatum. Uh, I also added the extra player uh, because Kevin Durant's not playing, so I, I went ahead and, and, and did that uh, with these reserves. Backcourt: Lamelo Ball, James Harden, Zach Levine, and Fred Van Vliet gets my my injury uh, spot. Um, he I think okay. he, he grinded onto the All Star team, um, so so he he's the eighth player that I'll add via injury because Kevin Durant's not going to be able to play in the game. So that's my that's my 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 reserve squad. I think. The only debate, or real debate that you had that I didn't have was, was Lamelo Ball being added to this team. Well, I didn't say my uh, wild cards. Okay, go ahead. Well, th- this is a good jumping off point because I, I had Fred VanVleet as one of my wild cards. Um, I, okay. He's had a fantastic season. My other one, I went with Darius Garland. So I, I had Garland over Lamelo Ball. So you have two calves over, over Lamelo Ball. Okay, I do. Why? I, I, I did give me pause thinking that I do have two players on the Cavs um, and I don't have like two players on the Bucks. Like I, I think Drew Holiday has a case here as well, by the way. I think he's been um, their sec- the Bucks' second best player this season over Chris Middleton. But I, I, I think Jared Allen is so important to what they do defensively. But Darius Garland, like without him offensively, I just don't know what they would do. Like he, he does everything for them. His shooting opens up so much. His passing, his interior passing, um, sets up so much for Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and all that. Um, sure. I, 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 and especially if you look at his numbers, basically after Colin Sexton got injured, and then after Ricky Rubio got injured, he just keeps leveling up whenever they need him to. Um, and again, I mean, we're talking about a team that is one game out of the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. So this is not like, you know, we're, we're giving two All-Stars to a team like the Knicks um, that aren't in the playing tournament or whatever. Um, I, I just, it, it did give me a little bit of pause, but I also think that they're not being as much depth, for example, in the front court. Like, I, 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 for me, Darius Garland was a, was a pretty easy pick. It was more like Jared Allen, where I was thinking, like, should I put Chris Middleton in this other front court spot or not? Um, but I, I just didn't feel that strongly over anyone else to kind of bump him off the list. I just feel like there was more guards there for me. I, that's yeah, the guards, I go, the guards is tough. And that's why, you know, Garland, who's probably the better player, uh, in my opinion, and more impactful player. I just couldn't put him over some of these other guards and I gave nods to Jared Allen. Uh, that's how I, I that's uh, maybe a cop out, but that's the way I went. Um, so what 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 did you not have that I had? I think Chris you Middleton. just. I didn't have yes. Chris, so you you had Lamelo Ball and Chris Middleton. Yes. Um, w- one of them would probably make my Kevin Durant replacement. Well, go ahead. Um, pick or, it's them or Drew Holiday probably. Pick one. Uh, I, I might go Lamelo. Okay. Okay. Because I was going to say if you if you had Garland on your team but not Lamelo Ball, I think we would have an issue. I, I really do because I think I think what Lamelo Ball brings to the table, like the the, the Hornets' offense. Yeah, granted, you know Garland's Garland's not the greatest defender, but he's still even a better defender than Lamelo Ball. You're not going to get much, you know, on ball defense with Lamelo Ball. He can he can still get in the passing lanes. He's he's almost like old school Allen Iverson. Well, Allen Iverson wasn't the greatest on ball defender, but he would always be up there in steals because he was very smart in the passing lanes and, and kind of you know played off ball a lot and played safety in that way. Lamelo has some of that to him, but offensively this dude is gifted this team uh you know the the hornets are a top five offensive team and i don't think when you look at them um you know they, they, without him on the floor 
they they wouldn't be that you know they, he, he just does so much for them offensively and they they rely on their scoring so much because they're not going to get it done defensively mm-hmm. um that i i do believe that you need to consider him as an all-star this season um you know i i, I still every day I, I when i watch them when i flip it on scott there's no one in the nba that makes me more frustrated than watching aaron uh not aaron gordon sorry gordon hayward play um you know he, he just kind of feels like he's sleepwalking through games and his numbers are fine but we're not we're not paying you know in 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 charlotte you're not being paid to be fine you know any miles bridges could get put up those numbers and no one would bat an eye what, what he's doing but i just i just want a little bit more spark out of gordon hayward that's all um you know that that just is my my little gordon hayward rant but uh, <laughs> that being said, like that being said, like, the numbers that, that he's bringing to the table, they're not bad, right? Like, but they're just not—they're not supermax numbers, right? So you—you you kind of like, eh, can we? Can you give me a little more than seventeen, three and four? Like, come on. No, no, I, and this I'm assuming came kind of came from the Lamelo Ball discussion. I mean, the the Hornets—he is—he's completely transformed that team. Like the way that they play offensively is all because of how he pushes the pace, how creative he is, his passing, and all that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's established himself as a nightly triple-double threat. It feels like anytime they play, he's throwing some lob to, to Miles Bridges and he's doing something ridiculous. Um, but I, I, one thing, the on-off numbers aren't perfect, okay? But mm-hmm. the Hornets with LaMelo Ball this season are averaging 113 points per 100 possessions. Without him, it's 109. So it's, it's a difference of, of, what, four points per 100 possessions, which is it's something, but it's not, you know, everything. Um, the Cavs, for what it's worth, with Darius Garland on the court, are averaging 112 points per 100 possessions and 103 with him off the court. Um, that's a big gap. And I think that does some of that speaks to the fact that, you know, the Cavs have lost Consex and Ricky Rubio, two other guards who could kind of play make when Darius Garland wasn't on the court. They don't have like sure. a very clear replacement for him. And it just, like, he is their offense. But I also Rondo's, I think Rondo's that being disrespected here, right? But he, look. Rondo is just not the player that he used to be. We don't. If you want to talk about if you want to talk about Rondo, you need to get Kyle Irving on this podcast. I'm not. I'm not going to talk about Rondo here. Um, but I, I do think that speaks to just the impact that he's having on that team. Because again, they've been fantastic defensively. Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, um, what they've been able to do. But Darius Garland is just so central to what they're doing offensively, and I think they really would. I, I think they'd fall off more offensively without him on the court than Lamello, the, the, the Hornets would with Lamelo, and some of that again is, is is a matter of depth. The way that the Hornets play, they they have like a Miles Bridges who can go get you 20, 30 points um, in a night every so often. But um, yeah, I, I do think I'd probably have Lamelo as the injury replacement because he he just I mean he's he's fantastic and he's he's an electrifying talent. It, he he's someone who's going to be in the All Star game for for years to come, um, and it feels like he's he's just going to do something wild when he's on there because just the way he plays, like he's. He's gonna have yeah. so much fun playing out with those guys. No question. I, I, and I'm also uh, really biased to Chris Middleton. I just feel like Chris Middleton yeah, is, I mean, probably one of the most underrated players in the NBA um, and underappreciated as well. I, I, I do think that he should, even though he's getting the All Star, he's gotten the All Star nods the last two years. That was more indicative of because of the fact he, he that didn't get it last year. Well, the year before he was there, but that yeah. was it. Almost felt like it was more that he's in these all star conversations because the Bucks had such a you know a record and they were head and shoulders above everybody else that it, you're looking for that team and when you're like, uh, who's the second all star? Oh, Middleton should be there, right? But I think 
you know what he's proven to be um you know as the the robin to to Giannis's batman he's definitely an all-star because that people think that being the you know the co-star is an easy task it's not you know there's there's nights where you don't there's there's nights where you get five shots and still have to produce at a high level there's nights where you get you know 25 shots and have to produce at the same you know clip and you know when you lose a lot of it falls on you and everything else and and he got a lot of that in the postseason um you know but but i think people forget you know what he brings to the table on both ends of the floor so um i'm always gonna have well not always but i'm I'm always gonna be a little bit more um biased towards a chris middleton when it comes to these all-star reserve votes uh going down all right I, we, we probably spent too much time on that but it was good it, it was good to get the juices flowing on a little bit of a debate here um talking all-star that's always the uh, fun part of the year uh february 3rd on tnt is when the reserves will be announced uh which is on thursday so all right let's talk about the suns quickly before we get out of here they're 10 wins in a row um they have been just hooping you know 40 wins first first team to 40 they've leapfrogged the golden state warriors and starting to put some distance between them and the warriors like think about this scott the warriors are on a six game winning streak they've won uh eight of their last 10 games and the suns are still three games ahead of them like that's crazy Mm -hmm. to me so gonna be a battle down the western conference uh as we go now towards um you know really crunch time and closing in on the february 10th trade deadline which is you know uh you know just over two weeks just over a week away i should say 10 days away um so the suns where they sit right now do you think that this team is good enough to get back to the finals and do they have enough to when they get back there go over the hump from the two wins that they had a year ago absolutely this team is 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 fantastic both ends of the court um, the third offensively right now in, in offensive rating, second on defense. Uh, they, they proved themselves last year. I know there was some talk in the playoffs of them lucking out because of the injuries that opposing teams deal, dealt with. Um, but look, this this team is just a well-oiled machine on both ends of the court. Um, they, they know who they are. They, they, they know their identity. It just feels like everyone complements each other really well. And I think a reason that I was really optimistic about them coming into the season, even after they kind of came short in the playoffs, in the finals, um, was that, you know, you have Chris Paul, who, I mean, what, like three or four seasons ago, it felt like we had seen the last of Chris Paul when he was dealing with those injuries in Houston, was limited to like, I think it was like 50 or 60 games in back-to-back seasons. And I remember Mike Adams on the Sporting News wrote something after that second season in Houston, when everyone was down on Chris Paul, and he just pointed out his numbers when James Harden wasn't on the court and basically saying like, hey, this could mean something. Like it, he's getting traded to the Thunder. Um, he played the numbers points him playing really well when James Harden wasn't on the court. Like don't count Chris Paul off, um, even if he's had all these injuries and everything. And then since then, he's going to what on his third straight All-Star appearance. Um, he's averaging a career low in points, but he's leading the league in assists while playing his most minutes since 2014-15. Like, that's crazy. Um, you know, we, we talk about LeBron all the time, about how he's defying father time and everything. But for, a, for an undersized point guard who has had injury history in the past, to be doing this in, like, his mid to late 30s, we, we probably don't make enough of it. Um, and we, we've seen the way that he's just transformed this team. But he, he, he's just happy kind of doing his thing while Devin Booker um, just continues his, continues his ascent as like a, a, an absolute star. He's been fantastic, averaging 27 points per game since returning from his injury. And I, I just think it speaks to the, the greatness of this team, the system that they have, that someone like Bismack Biombo, who wasn't in the league a couple months ago, 
is uh is kind of filling in for DeAndre Ayton while he's out and playing the best basketball of his career. You know what I mean? Like this guy is pick and rolling teams to death, attacking the offensive glass. Um, like Chris Paul especially just gets the most out of people in those situations. And really, it's also a credit to Monty Williams because I, I, he's proven himself to be one of the best coaches in the NBA. Obviously, they had continuity from last season, but to come up short in the finals and then kind of just seemingly, you know, brush it off and be in this position where they're 40 and nine, best record in the league, looking like they are the best team in the league um, at the same time. I mean, I think to answer kind of your first question, I have questions about so many different teams right now. Like Stephen Curry is not shooting that well in the Warriors. He's going through a little bit of slump. They're working Clay Thompson back. Draymond Green's out. Um, I, the the Bulls are dealing can't stay healthy. Unfortunately, the Bucks they they still feel like they haven't quite found their rhythm. Um, the Nets the, there's a lot of question marks there. I feel like I know who the Suns are. And if this mm-hmm. team is healthy, um, I, I'm going to have a really hard time betting against them if they can kind of continue going the way they are, um, just because they, they do play so well within each other, and they're just so well coached, and they're so good on both ends of the court. Yeah, I agree with you. I do think that this is the team to beat right now in the Western Conference. Um, I, I do think that if the playoffs started today and I had to you know, kind of uh, pick who would come out of the West, I, I, w- I wouldn't have any problems picking the, the Phoenix Suns. I do think that this team... Um, you know, uh, there is something, you know, you talked about the, the system in place and everyone kind of knowing what they are and who they are and, you know, plug and play, you know, DeAndre Aiden goes down, Bismack Biano all, all of a sudden shows up and, and just kind of fills in those minutes. And, you know, they've dealt with injuries. They're going through the long regular season just like everyone else um, and really doesn't feel like they've skipped a beat. So I, I do feel like that's important when you get to the postseason. It's it's having a role and, and, and it being defined. And I think when you look back at the championship teams, um, the, you know, no one's no one's kind of questioning uh, their role by midseason. You know, I think that the teams that end up winning the title, unless there's a big you know trade at you know at the deadline, and even then, um, when you add pieces at the deadline, those pieces kind of come in and know what they have to bring to the table for you to get over the hump. I think if you look at the history of teams that won the championship, you you would say. By January, February, they, they know who they are. And, mm-hmm. and this Phoenix Sun team definitely knows that. I wouldn't – now, I wouldn't stand pat, though, with this team. I, I think if you were you know, the Phoenix Suns GM, if you had an opportunity to give up some draft capital to get another wing, um, you'd do it. Like Even if it was just a rental. Like I, I'm thinking about – you know, with Terrence Ross, um, you know, if the Magic were like, hey, we really want draft picks and Phoenix had an opportunity to give up two or three draft picks to get a Terrence Ross to just add a little bit more offense, I, I think you'd go out and do it. Um, do they need they don't need it, but I think it would it would be it would be great to have just an extra score off the bench um, to provide because lastly, I don't think you can expect Cameron Payne to do what he did last year, you know, and and, and elevate to that level consistently for, you know, four series. Um, we, we saw him slow down when, by the time we got to the finals. But I think if you add another wing player, um, you know, that could get his own shot or could get hot for a game um, and, and be an X factor in certain situations, like a like an Eric Gordon, um, you know, like, like a yeah. Terrence Ross, like a. Um, you know, I, I don't think I don't think uh, Buddy Heel would be in this conversation because you probably would have to give up a little bit more to get him. Same with Karis Levert, but Eric Gordon and Terrence Ross, I think you you might be able to get away with giving up a couple draft picks and not killing your whole rotation to to add to this table. I think you can go out and get those two guys, and um, you know, and 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 they don't they they're used to putting up big numbers scoring wise, but 
also coming into a situation in Phoenix, they they know they can get away with, hey, if we just play solid defense, we might get more minutes here. And if we get shots, we get shots. If we don't, we don't. But, um, you know, it's always good to have more ball handlers on the floor uh, in the postseason when you're going against really good defenses. And I don't know, if um, you know, I don't want to count campaign out, but I just don't know if I could trust him to go through. Um, you know, four series the way he went through last year because he did a lot last year. He did, but I think people forget to get them over the top in in some of those situations. Um, and you know, as you said, Chris Paul's thirty six. You just want to add more bodies to take the the load off of him, really, uh, and make his life a little easier. Yeah, Eric Golden's a fascinating player going into the trade deadline because, like you said, he, he's a guy who can score. He's having a great year for the Rockets. Um, has basically been playing really well. He started the season off coming off the bench, been promoted to the starting lineup. Um, he, he's been really good for them. And I think he's a guy who can defend. Um, we've seen him in big moments in the playoffs in the past. Like he, he's not afraid of that stage. So, so I, I do like him, whether it is for the Suns or a different team. I think it's, it's going to be fun to see where he ends up. Um, but also, I, I think the Suns should be a good buyout destination, right? Like you look at this team, I, I think it's fair to say, like, like I said, that I feel safe in knowing what they are. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're a veteran who's, you know, wants to win a title or something like that, um, I, I could see them being a good destination for them. Yeah, but they got to be careful because they got to add players like Eric they Gordon's do. good because he's a low maintenance offensive player. You don't want a guy that that's going to come in there and needs the ball to, to to do something offensively. You need a catch and shoot guy. Uh, and I think Eric Gordon or, or and he's played next to catch and shoot. Yeah. And he's played yeah, next he, to Chris Paul in the past. So, right. Yeah, and and he would fit right next to Devin Booker as well. You know, Devin Booker could be more of that playmaker that we saw him become in the postseason too when when Chris Paul was sitting um, for those. Uh, I think it was in uh, COVID protocol. So, anyway, we we the Suns. I, I think we're in agreement there. They're the team to beat right now in the Western Conference. Quickly before we get out of here, because I do want to talk about Embiid and Jokic. You're 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 actually uh, as we speak writing something on Nikola Jokic ahead of the uh, ahead of the national televised game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nuggets are on national TV. I know you're a huge, huge Jokic supporter, and <laughs> not not just the you know and, and bias aside, um, but you've been beating this drum for a while. Like the dude won MVP last year, and he's putting up basically the same numbers, if not better, this year. And it's almost like. Yeah, we're like, ah, well, whatever, you know, like we, we just go on with our day. And I know that Embiid is doing incredible things and, you know, that team's winning a little bit more in the in the East. But Jokic is, you know, this 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 Nuggets team, when you look at it on paper, there's a lot of names that you might have to Google. Like there's this this team yep. is do, getting it done without, um, you know, Jamal Murray and, and you know, no, no, no Porter Jr., I mean, and they're still right there in the thick of things in the Western Conference because of Nikola Jokic. And like I said, the numbers are probably better this year than they were last year when he did win MVP. So where do you sit on the MVP discussion? Yeah, the I do think it's probably Jokic and Embiid, one and two, depending on which one you think deserves it. I, I have Jokic a hair ahead of Embiid right now. I think Giannis is third, and then you have that John Morant, Chris Paul. Oh, sorry, John Morant. Yeah, Chris Paul as well, actually. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, like that kind of mix. Um, I, I just think, I mean, the case against Jokic is the Nuggets are the fifth seed in the Western Conference, and usually the MVP comes from one of the like top two or three seeds. But when you look at the impact that he's had, like you said, he's averaging just under, he's putting up triple-double triple double numbers, um, incredible efficiency on a team that doesn't have its, what, second and third best player in Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Um, and they are still, you know, competing. I mean, they're one game behind the Jazz for the number four seed in the Western Conference right now. Um, and I also think if you, if you look at the on-off numbers, 
The Nuggets without Jokic are being outscored by 11.8 points per 100 possessions. With him, they're outscoring opponents by 11.1. <laughs> so that that's a swing of 23 points per 100 possessions, basically. Um, they, they, they look like the best team in the league on paper with Jokic on the court and the absolute worst when he's on the bench. Um, and again, you said it, like some of the players that he's playing against, I think a casual fan would not know or recognize. And he's still just going out there and anytime he's on the court, um, they are dominating teams and they're winning basketball games. And that's not to take anything away from Jokic because he's been, uh, sorry, Embiid, because he's been otherworldly. Incredible. He's been yeah. otherworldly, and they've needed everything, right? Because Ben Simmons hasn't played a single game this season. So I, I don't think his his situation isn't as dire as Jokic's is. Because, again, Jokic is without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., two starters. Um, but for Embiid to play at the level that he has, uh, you know, his, his scoring gets a ton of attention. But he's having his best season by far as a passer as well. And it's not like he's ever going to be Jokic as a passer because he Jokic might be the best passing big man we've ever seen in the league. Um, but even Embiid just not making as many mistakes, his, his turnovers are down and making just the simple read at the right time on post-ups and everything like that um, has taken his game to another level. And I mean, the Eastern Conference is, is, is pretty crazy right now. There are, there are six teams that are within two games of the number one seed. Um, they're in that position. They're half a game behind the Bulls in the Heat. Um, so for, for what he's done, especially as of late, he's just been utterly dominant. He's basically averaging more points than minutes, I feel like, over the last six weeks, which is just unheard of. So I, I, I have Jokic a slight ahead of Embiid right now. If Embiid continues to do what he's doing, it's going to make it a very interesting conversation. Um, but but Jokic, yeah, he, he's, he's just unbelievable, man. He, he's unbelievable. Let, let me knock on wood before I say this. And I will say that right now, if I had to vote, I think I would give the edge to Embiid in terms of MVP. But let me knock on wood and say this. There's always been a stretch of the season where Embiid has gone crazy. Maybe not this crazy, but he's gone He's gone nuclear uh, You know, for a stretch of the season. And then he sort of falls off. He either, you know, and I don't want to say fall off in the terms of where he's unplayable because that's not the case. But it, it sort of comes back down to earth. Um, you know, a lot of those times he's gotten hurt and that's, you know, no fault of his own. Own, but also you could see fatigue get there and everything else if he's able to, i don't think i need him to keep this up because this is crazy to, to do this for the rest of the season would be one of the best seasons that we've ever seen from a big man but i i, I do want to see philly let you know keep the same level that they are uh at right now um for the entire year and i know yes they won the conference a, a season ago but there were stretches where mb just didn't play well you know and, and he and he was you know, it wasn't long stretches, of course, because he was in the MVP conversation, but there were stretches where Embiid didn't play well. And Jokic, I think it was right after he said, hey, I want to go out and win the MVP, right? Remember when he said that last year? I think it was on ESPN or he was like, I'm, 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 I'm the MVP of the league. And Simmons said, I'm the defensive player. It was around that time where the, the Sixers started just talking, out, you know, just going crazy and, and, and bigging themselves up. That's when Embiid started to slow down a little bit. And Jokic, for me, took took over of the, uh, the award and, and, and ran away with it. I don't want to see that this year from Embiid. I I, I don't want him. I, he can say whatever he wants. I, I like the talk, but then back it up. You know, I, I don't need to see the slowdown again. So, um, you know, it, it, for me right now, Embiid is the MVP, but I feel like I've been here before where I've said, Joel Embiid's the MVP of the season. And then by the end of the season, I'm like, oh, well, you know, it, it wasn't even him. He's not even in discussion. So I, I, I'm with you. It is close. Um, I think, you know, I, th- I do think that Giannis is going to have uh, something to say about this but before the end of the season. I, I do think that, you know, the numbers that he's putting up on a regular basis, we kind of bat our eye and say, oh, this is this is 
regular stuff, but it's not. Um, and you know, the, the, once the, the the Bucks get healthy and and you know start to really make a run, that might change things. Steph has fallen off a little bit, and I think that's just you know reacclimating Clay, and and I think they'll get going again. And I, I do think Devin Booker should be in the conversation. He was he wasn't a name that we mentioned. Um, I know people all say Chris Paul, but I, I really do think that Devin Booker should be in the conversation um, because what he's done, uh, you know, for for the team on both ends of the floor. Um, and I think we talked about it off air one time about you know him playing better defense. And you know, it, it, mm-hmm. I think John Schumann had that tweet where you know he he, he was playing a, a random you know weekend game against the Pacers and he was locking down as if it was you know the playoffs. And I think there's a lot more of that happening this season than he's given credit for. So um, he should be in the conversation too. So right now, to me, yes, it's Embiid, uh, Jokic in that order. But uh, I, I do want to hear from Booker and I do want to hear from Giannis and, and Steph before the season ends. Yeah, the Suns is really hard because I, I I go back and forth of being like they they need someone in this conversation, right? Like they are so good and they have two of the best guards in the league, but it's almost like who do you give the bulk of the MVP credit to? Because like yeah. Chris Paul is so important to what he does for them as a passer, um, setting sure. the table for people in the clutch, um, and also defensively, he's still a very pesky defender. But Devin Booker, like he 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 can just go off any night, and he's averaging close to like thirty points per game since he's been back. Um, and without him, like they, they need his scoring so much. And, and he's, he's grown as a playmaker through the years, to your point, defensively. Um, he's improved as well. And he's also one of the best clutch players in the league. So it's, it's, it's just really hard. And even thinking, you know, all-star, like it was, it was pretty hard for me to not have a son as one of the all-star starters, to be honest. But it was almost hard for me. It was easier for me to say like John Morant deserves to be a starter um, than trying to figure out which one of Devin Booker or Chris Paul is more deserving. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the MVP MVP race so far this season has been a lot of fun. Um, it's been unfortunate over the last few weeks that some guys have had injuries, and it feels like that's starting to to weed a few names out. So hopefully, over the last 20, 30 games of the season, guys can come back, be healthy. Um, but I, either way, I, I'm with you. I think Jokic and Embiid. They're going to go back and forth down the stretch here. It, it does feel like the Bucs are going to have to run, right? Like they're going to win 10, 15 games in a row. Um, Giannis is going to put up monster numbers as he always does. And by the way, he might be the best defensive player in the league, um, Giannis. So, so he has that too. Um, but well, he's the, the best player in the league by far. Giannis is the best player in the league by far? Uh, maybe not by far, but he is the best player in the league. Pound for pound. I don't, I don't think there's a better player right now pound for pound in the league. It's. It, I know I mean, you're a Jokic guy, but I think defensively, I, I don't know. I don't know that anyone impacts the game as much on both ends of the floor as Giannis Antetokounmpo right now. Yeah, I mean he's like utterly dominant on both ends of the court, right? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean that's this is a conversation for another day. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. We're running out of time. Let's uh, let's save that one. By the way, when we did remind me when we did our uh, top thirty players uh, mm-hmm. over on NBA.com, uh, Giannis I believe finished first or second behind Kevin Durant. Pretty sure Durant uh, was you, one. Durant was one. Did you vote Jokic one at that time? N- no, I think I had. What did I have? I I had Giannis one. I might have had Jokic. Two Durant, three Steph, four. I think, or something. And like you're that. saying now, sitting here today on February first, that you would have Jokic number one. I don't know. You, you I'm thinking about it. The fact that okay. you, I didn't know we were gonna have this conversation today. Um, okay. But like, I, I think it's. I, I had Giannis at number it's one. Debate, I might still have. Yeah, it's, I think it's up for debate. Okay, I, no debate for me. Giannis is still number one. I, <laughs> there's no question in my mind. I love Jokic. I love Kevin Durant. I just think that he's the most dominant player on both ends of the floor right now. Um, I'm not mad at it. 
All right, let's get out of here before we start another debate. Uh, we'll be back <laughs> next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific time across the NBA Global Networks. Uh, a reminder, February 3rd, the All-Star Reserves are going to be announced. And this time when we talk to you next week, we will be two days out from the trade deadline, which goes down 3 p.m. Eastern on February 10th. So we'll have plenty of trade deadline uh, talk, debate. Hopefully it's an exciting one. Hopefully some rumors start to pop up without the name Simmons attached to it um, because that's one of the most fun times of the um, NBA calendar. And the uh, the trade deadline is always, always a good time. And we'll probably, you know what, maybe maybe the week after we'll start to uh, start to discuss uh, some of the uh, the rookies and that will be coming mm. into the 2022 uh, NBA draft class with our Miami Kyle Irving. So a lot to look forward to in the next coming weeks. Uh, keep it locked right here on NBA Sound System. Of course, our, our new home over at Sporting News, uh, NBA.com Global. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. NBA Sound System rate and review does us a ton of help. So again, for Scott Rafferty, I'm Carlin Gay. We will see you next week right here, same time on NBA Sound System. Mm.